This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding, and I am joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Hey, Jim. Hi, Brian. Good to see you again. We're going to jump right in in topic just a minute. Before we do that, uh, you can go to practicalshepherding.com. All of our resources are, are there for free for you to be able to, to be helped by, um, and, and including the Shepherd's House, Jim. So uh, as we're recording this, we have had a pastor and his wife, the first pastor and wife, stay at the Shepherd's House. It, we have tons scheduled already this year. So if you go to practicalshepherding.com, you go to the Shepherd's House link a button that's at the top of the website, you can see what the Shepherd's House is. It's a six acre, it's a it's a six bedroom cabin on 180 acres in the beautiful woods of Kentucky. And you can come and stay for free if you're a pastor or a pastor, bring your wife. And so we're really excited about this ministry and getting to, to be a part of it with others. So go to the website and, and check that out. And there's a form on the on the webpage to be able to to apply to come and stay with us. Jim, today we want to uh, we want to tackle some. You know, we haven't talked about the pandemic much. We did for a little while in the podcast. We did in the beginning. We yeah. both were wore out from doing it. Right. We assumed the listeners were, so we just haven't said much about it. Just plugging on, but we want to revisit this and kind of talk about a topic that I think is very very relevant at this point, as we are a good two years into this this pandemic mm. now, and that is, you know, two years in. Like, what have we lost? in this pandemic uh, that we had, in a sense, before the pandemic mm. started. This could be, I mean, this could be a long list of stuff, but we yeah. want to talk about this to be able to just highlight that there are legitimate things we have lost that we have not gained back or that are very different now as we as as pastors are doing the work of the ministry in a local church. So before we dive into that, though, Jim, will you take a minute, what, what kind of text can we be mindful of uh, from a biblical perspective, for us to think about this topic, I, I, I may be stretching it a bit, Brian, in thinking about this. But I'm thinking about our Lord's interaction with some of the churches in in the Book of Revelation, and he he talks to them about he knows them, he he knows what they're going through, he knows their deeds, and, and he gives you know positive and negative things, but. You know, he says to the church at Ephesus in regard to their having lost their first love, he says, he uses the expression, remember remember where you have fallen from. And it's kind of like, remember where you were, think about where you were when you were thriving, when things were going well. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to exhort them in regard to trying to get, trying to restore some of those things. Says to another with the churches, you know, strengthening the things that remain. And so I think that it calls us to a kind of an evaluation, particularly if there are elements of our life, that, of our church life, that, have, uh, that were more scriptural, biblically laid out, and that have just kind of fallen by the ways, and we're going to talk about what some of those things are. And you get so used to it, you just kind of... Yeah, you, you, we can talk about this new normal that that we're in, or, or getting back to normal. So, because maybe part of this is throwing off some of what has become the new normal and getting back to to a better normal or to the old normal, if that or, old normal was really right and biblical. Mm-hmm. The things that we may have lost. I mean, I think there are a lot of things that people have lost. I mean, we're, so we're not really so much getting into. Some of us have lost friends. We've lost members. Uh, we can't necessarily restore that, but there mm-hmm. may be patterns of church life that have been altered, or pastoral ministry that's been altered in light of these events. 
that have put us into a new place that we can get too comfortable in and, and recognize, no, wait a minute, you know, we, we, we've, we've had some slippage here. We're not, this is not a better place that we're in. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I yeah. think we, we ought to be talking about today or wanted to talk about today. Yeah, that's strong. I would also, 2 Corinthians 4 came to mind just because that represents in a way that trying to do ministry in a time, in, in a fallen world that's broken and not mm-hmm. right. And I think that that chapter really symbolizes that idea, which is why Paul, when he writes, he says, you know, we do not lose heart, though we're wasting away in these mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. ways and where we have this treasure in a jar of clay, you know, that, that right. I think that uh, that's also a passage that I think applies to this in a sense that I think what, what every pastor would say the last two years is that as, as we've all tried to do ministry during these years, that it certainly has not gone as we would hoped or what we would want, and we've had to adjust and accommodate and right. pivot in all kinds of different ways. And I think yeah. that's kind of the essence of the spirit of that passage too. Yeah, I think you know, we if you try to work through the various stages we went through, and there was kind of you know shock, and then there was survival, and then there was the attempted restoration, and then kind of a settling in mm-hmm. uh, and. The question again, I think that we we ask in this is as we went from like just trying to hold the church together, mm-hmm. not seeing people at all, and then slowly seeing people and slowly getting, uh, you know. So we talk again, talked a lot about what's the new normal look like, what's it look like to gather together, and in places I realize for different men listening to this, depending on where you're located. Yeah, it's yeah, you, it, it could be very different. You're listening to this overseas, or you're listening to this in Canada versus right. And what state you're in? If you're living in Texas or Florida or Kentucky or Indiana, Montana, it's different than if you're in California or right. Oregon or or you know Washington or something like that. So you know, we we have to you know understand that we're all in various places of recovery yeah. uh, in that regard, too. No, and I'm th- I was thinking about that. We have listeners, obviously, all over the world, and, and depending on where you are, thinking of the our brothers and sisters in Canada who are in a different place, still with, with dealing with a lot of restrictions around this, they haven't come out of that. Uh, working with a lot of pastors in Scotland, mm-hmm. um, six months ago, they were in about as ex- still as extreme lockdown, and then Poof! All of a sudden, it's all gone, which could be a different podcast, Jim. We're not going to yeah, talk about, it, but right. but the point is, is that there is there's a variety of places all over the world that are still dealing with the restrictions, right. and and or the ramifications of those restrictions. That's really what we want to talk yeah. about. Especially. You don't just yeah, you don't just get back one day and every, you know right. like you know well we've been gone and now we get back and now everything's exactly like it was before all this happened. So let's throw some throw some categories out of things that. Uh, we that that pastors have potentially lost, and there's different layers to this. I just kind of go back and forth, but different things that pastors have lost uh, during the last two years of the pandemic. I'll go first and make probably the most obvious uh, observation, and that's a lot of pastors have lost people, right? And and so let's start there. That's a, that's the mm-hmm. thing that's probably on people's minds the most. I don't know what the exact stats are, but you know the general concept I believe is around. I mean. A lot of congregations lost thirty percent of their congregation. That's a, that's a number I've heard t- thrown around mm-hmm. in the last two years over this. There could be a lot of different reasons for that, but let's just start there. All of a sudden, a pa- most pastors saw a decline in their membership. Even if the church grew for some reason in their church, they lost people they knew and they loved and were part of the yeah. church for all kinds of different reasons. But 
And Jim, when you say that, that is the thing that most pastors are feeling the weight of the most is just losing people through this. Yeah, and 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 in a very specific sense, some people have some pastors have lost by way of death uh, some of their members. I I, I I saw you know some churches that might have lost you know 10 15 of their members to covid i i know one church that, that lost yeah, two, that, that lost two of their pastors that died yeah that died you know from that COVID, yeah. you know that that have died from it yeah. you know so you you've you you have that loss too but yeah you have the loss of people that you thought were well not just thought they were they were committed uh, they were there uh, they were there regularly uh, to your to your meetings they came to small groups they came to church meals and potlucks and you know whatever it else that it they were, is they were committed members yeah they were committed members mm-hmm. and then for a variety of reasons and legitimate or illegitimate fears anxieties uh, strictures. Um, I, I talked to a couple recently who, because they they disagree with how the church is is handling uh, the uh, the the uh, government uh, restrictions. That is, in this case, they think the church is not taking them seriously enough. Yep. You've had other people that left because the church took it too seriously. Other side of it, yep. And you know, you almost couldn't win. I mean, there was almost no way uh, to not offend or not lose somebody. And and most churches, I imagine, lost somebody, uh, if not several somebodies. And 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 when we say that, we're talking about people that you had committed yourself to as a pastor. You loved. You you prayed for. They may have been people you had fellowship with, had deep friendships with, and now suddenly, as a result of something you had you never foresaw coming, they're gone. Yeah. So that so many things could be brought this you highlighted a few of them. Obviously we have there's some that have that died as a result of this. There's some that disagreed with either the church decisions or had disagreements disunity in the church over right. these issues and they left the church. Some got out of the habit of being exactly. involved in the church. We, so many of us, you know, most churches moved to some kind of online formatting yep. during the lockdown. You know, some are not returning because they got used to somehow doing online church. That there, so there's multiple reasons that pastors can point to on why they they lost church members. I think what what a lot of pastors are struggling with now, two years later, is you know, what do I what do I do with these people who kind of are unaccounted for at this point. And, and yeah. there's a variety of reasons on maybe why they're not there. But there's some that aren't being clear on why they're not back. They're just not coming back. Right. Those are almost seem to be – it's almost easier to know, yeah, these two people had a disagreement. They left and went down to the, to this church. We right, know they're right. at that church. We know church. where they are. We know why they're where the, they are. The ones but... that just kind of have, have slowly just vanished and nobody knows where they are or they won't be straightforward with why they're not back at church – to me, that seems to be what a lot of pastors are most troubled by with the losing the people. And I think, Brian, what you could get to is almost, uh, I, I don't want to be too slight with this, but it's almost a PTSD kind of a thing that you could perhaps begin to deal with now that things are basically <clears throat> returning to normal and will be returning to normal, where you haven't, you've been so caught up with survival and taking care of those who are there. So it's kind of like, and again, I don't, I don't want to make light of this, but a, a, a sergeant returning home from the war 
and he's now he's thinking about all the friends he lost. Yeah, and he couldn't do it while he was on the battlefield because you had to survive. You had to you had to lead those who lived. But now you're home, and, and you think back to all these people you lost, and the sadness now comes, and the trauma of that now comes. Uh-huh. And I think there are going to be some pastors who are going to struggle with a degree of their emotional health over this now, you yeah. know, not not because they're they're out of the survival mode, and now they can feel again yeah. and look out again and realize again what what you lost in regard to people that you loved and who are no longer there. It's almost like the grief is starting almost now. Yeah, but as right. a result, exactly what what you were talking yeah. about, and I'm seeing that. I'm seeing that in all kinds of pastors that the survival mode is kind of gone now, and now you're settling into the new normal, whatever that is. But the grief is hitting, and a lot of guys don't understand what's actually happening. It's like we're we're two years into this; these people haven't been back in two years. Why, you know, why is this all of a sudden the sadness and and weightiness hitting me? And I, I'm glad you brought that up. We want to put that out there because I think in the next six to twelve months is where pastors are going to experience a deep sense of grief over what's happened. Yeah. Because we really haven't. We've been too busy scrambling and surviving the last two years to see it. Okay, let's let's keep going. So that's that's an obvious one. Losing people is one of the big losses, obviously, for pastors in the pandemic. What would be another loss we've had as a result of the pandemic, Jim? The, the joy and the stability of our former norms and structures. Okay. And so, take for instance a church that had for for years a uh, Sunday school, morning worship. Maybe they had evening worship or some kind of an evening an evening program. Um, <clears throat> church lunch, uh, church lunches, regular picnics, right. pot potlucks, potlucks, yeah. potlucks uh, dinners together, uh, game nights, fellowship things that we that were all part of tethering us together that were part of our culture together, uh, that were a part of what sustained us and was and we thought was good for our souls. And so we went to this, again, uh, starting perhaps for many of us, I can tell you what we did. When we took it, we took, we had eight weeks that we were all online. So it was a little, eight, eight Sundays. Uh-huh. And, then, and then it was two services on Sunday because we were going with 50% yep. or whatever. Yep. But so we did preach the same sermon twice, same service twice, did it in two different rooms, all this different kind of stuff that we did, but we didn't have Sunday school. We didn't have evening worship and we didn't have our midweek prayer meeting for, and then after however many weeks it was then finally, well, we could arrange it. We could all be together in one room, have one morning worship service. But still, there was no Sunday school. There was, there wasn't the evening. There wasn't the regular uh, meals that we had, the fellowship meals that we had built in six times a year to have a fellowship meal uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, there, there wasn't the. Uh, the the evening worship with the hour afterward of lingering and talking and having fellowship uh, we had for when we first got back together encourage people uh, well we'll have the worship and then we'll quickly disband so this and, and just again some of those things that we lost was so the rhythm you, you worked you, a long time you, to create I mean, you spent was thirty gone. years creating yeah. the culture you spent thirty years right. creating. Now again, eventually all those things you know came back, but people got used to. It's amazing how quickly you can lose 
what you had. And that is, you know, people that used to have, we're going to get into some of this more fully in a moment, but that kind of sticking around, lingering around, let's have a meal together, you know, those those kinds of, let's stay at church, let's bring food to church, and we're going to stay together afterward and eat. We we have a setup uh, to allow for that. That's crept back to some degree, but it was amazing how quickly all that was over, the lingering together for a long time in the building afterward, you know, all of that, because, you know, for a while, you, know, you didn't know. You were trying to, you were being told you're keeping people safe. And, you know, you don't know. You're not a doctor. You're not an epidemiologist. What do you know? You know, right. you're just trying to do what you think is right and trying to get as many people as possible together for as long as possible. But that whole, just the pleasant norms of cultural life mm-hmm. that we all, we feel it, you know, out in society. I took a kid out from church the other day, one of the young men that I realized I'd uh, I don't know very well, so I said, "Hey, why don't we let's grab let's grab lunch?" So we went out to, oh, we're going to go. So what do you want? You know. So he said, "Well, let's go to this chicken place over here." Well, you pull up there and it and it's it's drive through only. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, "I don't want to do that." You know. So let's go try to find a place. And I said to him, "You know," I said, "I know we're getting used to this." <clears throat> yeah. But two years ago. Yeah. I, this is outrageous. You know, you just never, the, the, that whole It was whole all thing, dry. It was, it was all. Oh, you, everything was open. Yeah. Everything was open, you know, yeah. and that kind of thing. I said, it's almost like, feel like for the first time, when we tell our kids stories about when we were young, it's going to be a story about things being better, yeah. you know, rather than it was a lot worse. It was a lot harder. Yeah. We're going to tell them, listen, it was great. There was a time this was great. And, yeah. and, and we've lost that. And, yeah. and the whole country in a sense feels some of that but it but we we have in our churches too that that life that that rhythm of life that pleasant rhythm of life that we maybe took for granted was suddenly stripped away and getting it back it it just there's an awkwardness to that what you have to highlight too is as we get back into those which a lot of normal routines have come back slowly as you said but what makes it different is that there, there are people who have been scarred from this pandemic, from a from a from a fear perspective, mm-hmm. to where the church can return back. But what a lot of people are, are dealing with is there's certain there's certain people who don't feel comfortable entering back into that right. space. So the church may be doing things normal, but everybody's not there anymore because people yeah. are are fearful in ways that they were not two years ago, and it's taking them away from that from that regular rhythm. Yeah, and some people have don't want to do it because they have they have seen things in the lives of their brothers and sisters particularly on social media that have scarred their relationships. Yep. They've lost yeah. respect uh, and and lost a sense of camaraderie with people. There's been so o- many over these there's over been these things. So many ways to divide and so relationships have been so affected in the church. Uh, some have left because of it, but some haven't. But relationships have changed in churches mm-hmm. based on how volatile these things were. Let me throw another one out there uh, that we were talking about uh, earlier. The uh, One of the things that pastors have lost in the pandemic is the regular rhythm of how to do pastoral ministry in the church. So going to visit hospitals and how all that yeah, changed. Yeah, private ministry. Going to, yeah, yeah. so going to, uh, going to nursing homes. Uh, going to a widow's home, you know, to visit her, you know, th- that that idea of being able to uh, go and visit people and be in their environment, in their domain, I would say is a really important piece to being a pastor and going on those on people's turf to approach them and to love them in the place where they are. 
this all drastically changed. We know with the lockdowns and all those kinds of things, but we have to acknowledge that this is this has changed both in policies that hospitals, nursing homes, all this have. But we also have to acknowledge that uh, pastors who have gotten out of the habit and rhythm of doing exactly. that it's changed. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I was telling you, Brian, earlier as we were discussing this topic, you know, that I'm trying to think, we've had somewhere eight, nine, ten babies born during the the pandemic. Oh. Uh, in the past, and particularly in the first year or so, I mean, you, you weren't allowed to go and visit. I mean, for a whole year, and, and just I mean, stuff that would have been so normal. Hey, when are you having the baby? Where are you having the baby? I'm going to be I'll there. I'll be there. Yeah. And now the thought is, well, I'll see you at your home, and you know, maybe in a week or two, or when you come to church. Um, you know, so that uh, visiting with a, a woman recently in the hospital, and <clears throat> she had, the, you know, there were restrictions uh, at the hospital. Uh, I have a little bit of a cough, so you know, I I wasn't able to go. But you know, the kind of thing that in the past it probably wouldn't have stopped me uh, from going. I wouldn't have even thought about. It. I got a little bit of bronchitis or whatever, and I wouldn't have thought about it. But now it's become so you're not there, and 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 people maybe no longer expect you to be there. Uh, in a way that that's they would have in the past, so that, that's changed. You know, so that whole expectation too. that we're having a baby, we're going to the hospital. Pastor's going to be there. He's going to come. He's going to pray with us. He's going to be back in the room with surgery us. Surgery going to be and all, yeah. when I come out of recovery or whatever. I expect to see him there, and he's going to you know read a text and pray with me and hug me or whatever. And but now you've been told nope, they can't do that. Your friends can't be there. And even now we're the door starting you know has opened up in some places for you to be able to do that you've you have so gotten out of the habit who would have thought you'd get out of the habit of that but you get out of the habit of doing that and of being there and available in those uh places where the restrictions are still tighter than they are mm-hmm. at least where we live mm-hmm. uh in, in general so Th- this one really hits personal with me because as as many will know you know I'm I've been the guy that's been waving this banner for a long time of that that the some of the key moments in being a pastor is being in the hospitals at the right time and mm-hmm. to minister to people going to you know to people's homes be, going to widows' homes and those kinds of things and to try to wave this banner for all these years to get pastors to go and do that and now all of a sudden uh, for the last two years to have taken pastors who already knew that was a part of what they should be doing to have to one rethink how to do this right and now two years later guys are having to re-engage with this and even have more tougher restrictions to be so let's say resolve you know what i can go in the hospital now i'm gonna do that i'm a pastor they'll let me in but it's just changed everything in regard to okay so you go in you got to wear a mask anytime you're in a hospital. Which get you know, your temperature, fill out forms yeah. about all the stuff you didn't. You have to and do the person you're seeing. <clears throat> you know, the pastor always has to think about how to be sensitive to the person they're coming to see. You know, I you have to almost check. You do have to check with the person. Like, hey, I'd like to come see you. Are you comfortable with me coming exactly to see you? I mean, they're there because they're either they're sick or I mean the having surgery or something. And they and they've had to to be careful with all that stuff. It just it, it has made, in my opinion, ministry in those contexts that are so important contexts to do ministry. Right. Just little things like I mean, being in a hospital. You know, part of being effective in hospital visitation and caring for people 
is the, a face-to-face contact that right. you see. It's why you're not FaceTiming them or calling them on the phone. You're going to be right. present with them. Trying to be, right. And, and you don't, when you're wearing a mask, and I get that why you have to wear a mask. I'm not begrudging that. I'm saying this has just changed so much of how to do ministry yeah. in these contexts. And we want to be able, to, and we just want to highlight that that pastors already to an exhausted, exasperated point with all of this is having to be innovative and creative and even make more effort to do the ministry they would do two years ago, not as have to do right. so much. Right, and again, it's, it's stopping and thinking, all right, are there patterns in my life and in my ministry that were there that I had grabbed hold of and viewed, and then for a time, they were denied me. It wasn't just that I didn't, I didn't decide yep. to not do this. I couldn't do this. Yeah, that's right. And now that it's opened up, well, you know what? Sometimes life's easier, schedule's easier. You get used to not doing it. Mm-hmm. And to think, no, what am I doing? I, you know, I, I realize sometimes I think, what am I doing? What, I, you know, two years ago I would have been there, I would have been doing that, and and now it takes extra effort to yep. think about going out and reestablishing those old patterns. And, and do I do I really want to hassle with all the red tape now? I have to deal with I didn't have to deal with two years ago right. to be able to do the same thing. Maybe one more, Jim. A lost Yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, hospitality to me, Brian, okay. is one yep. of these things, and <clears throat> even getting my whole family back into this, and getting my wife and I getting back into it. You know, because you went so long without having a lot of people in your home, and uh, you know that sort of a thing, or it was even even. <laughs> The paranoia of if you had more than two cars in your driveway, if somebody driving by, maybe thinking they're going to report you to the police, you know, that kind of ridiculous <laughs> that thing. That didn't last long <clears throat> in the States, by the way, but in other countries, that's, that was a legit for, problem for a long time. Well, in some places it is. You know, yeah. I mean, some places, it depends where you live. Again, you know. It the, does but, depend. Sure. And there are, you know, well, I won't get into the whole Karen thing, but, you know, the possibility of having to deal with that. But anyway... And then, you know, so you were meeting, you know, if you had people over, you'd, 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 you'd meet outside and sit outside and all of that. Well, then the weather's, when the weather's bad, what do you do? And all of that sort of a thing. And again, there had been patterns of regular hospitality that, that we had set up. Uh, and that was generally two Lord's Day uh, afternoons a month and one or two Sunday nights after services a month that we'd have people over. Sunday night, we do frozen pizza. I know uh, I love frozen pizza yeah. popcorn night with you on Sunday night. <laughs> right, frozen that, pizza popcorn. Right, you've done it. I love that. You've done it. I actually had somebody say to me one time, they were, they were so puzzled, frozen pizza? I said, we cook it. <laughs> like, oh, it comes frozen, we cook it. So I had to explain that to somebody. Anyway. <laughs> Just in case somebody doesn't get that. That's right. Um, but anyway, um, but we went months and months without having that. And then again, you get comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's nice sometimes just to come home and not have anybody else there. You know, I've got one, you know, my, well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. I got somebody, you know, so you have people that may not always enjoy that. It's nice, nice to come home and it's quiet and be able to go to bed rather than some people that might want to stick around for two hours or, you know, whatever else after, after the service now, and to say, you know what, but there was benefit in that is helping that. Yeah. But I think you know, my own hospitality, our house, but I think the church's hospitality, mm-hmm. the thought that, you know, somebody starts, I almost feel sorry for anybody that started coming to our church in the last two years. It's like, you have no idea what our church life was like. Yeah. And yeah. that, um, that if if you have not been invited to 10, 15 people's home by now and you've been here for two months, you should have been invited to over and over again. But it's not happening as much. Because and it's not happening some, yeah. as much. And some, again, some families like ours, 
you just got out of the habit yep. of doing that. And perhaps, again, we enjoy the ease. It's mm-hmm. like, you know what? It's nicer. It's quieter. <clears throat> it's easier to not yeah. do this. Yeah. And it and it requires it, it requires yeah. cost. So it's getting back and thinking. All right, have I fallen in this way? Is this something that was actually? It wasn't just culture. It wasn't just tradition. It was something that was good, and it, and it had a biblical basis yeah. for it. Yep. And to strive to uh, to get back where we can, Brian. Obviously, sadly, there are certain things we may not that may not ever be like they like they once were, um, and there may have been damage done to relationships, and again losses of membership that can you know probably will never be restored uh and so while we have to learn to grieve that and live with that i think there are those things that we can look at and say we need to address these things we need to openly address acknowledge address and bring about some kind of restoration as we're having this conversation i'm becoming painfully aware that uh there is a we are now entering into a phase this is maybe a good way to wrap this up where pastors now need to ma- start to make a strategic plan to retrain their congregations. Mm-hmm. And and we'll call it that. You're retraining. You you train them once. You train them for 30 years, Jim. Right. It's why so many of these things, I would say, was a strength, is a strength of your church. And so, but it it's it's almost going to require a retraining because we're in the the situation that we're they're in. Right. I think that can happen. I think that's just what now pastors have to put on their the docket to be able to. This is part of right. now how we move forward and how we teach. I do want to throw one more thing out there before we wrap this up. There is one more loss I want to just highlight, but that the has, pandemic has brought. Um, pastors have lost the right to have an opinion. <laughs> And I want to just throw that out there as the last Somehow. part. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, if unless you want to get yourself in, you know, cause some unnecessary fighting, I think. In, in mm. Like certainly some, some have not embraced this. Some still keep the same opinion. But have lived with the consequences. <clears throat> the reality is the average pastor through this pandemic yeah. has had to try to referee the two extreme sides to whatever issue it is. Yes. Whether it's mask or no mask or political issues or whatever it is. Right. In a way... To some degree, we've always had to do this, but in a way that we've never seen, and and yes. and that's how I word it that way. Pastors, one, had to keep their opinions to themselves. We all have an opinion, by the way, right. but, but we had to be wise to keep it to ourselves, and then remind everybody of Romans fourteen and how we're supposed to love each other in our differences and to keep unified and to honor the conscience of the other and all those kinds of things. But I'll just throw that out there because I know it's on the, a lot of hearts of pastors yeah. that. I don't feel like I can share my opinion about anything. And it's because I think the, the pandemic created this environment where in most cases, certainly publicly, where you're trying to keep the peace on these extreme sides, we've lost we've lost the, the opportunity to share an opinion where we maybe would feel have felt more freely to be able to share it. So yeah, that is one that is one loss. So uh, Jim, any final thought in regard to as as pastors are trying to, you know, recognize the loss and obviously grieving now as you move yeah. forward but anything else you would encourage pastors to do as we as we try to move forward in these well, losses i think we need to remind ourselves this is very simple but brian reminding ourselves of the sovereignty of god in these things you know we are in the kingdom for such a time as this david it is said in the book of acts david served god in his generation i think about the sons of Issachar that uh, that knew the times, they said, and knew what Israel ought to do. That awareness of the times and knew what Israel ought to do. And I think we, we 
we need to recognize, again, these are the days appointed for us. And none of us wanted these days. None of us foresaw these days. None of us could believe that these things would still be going on, that we would, who in the world thought we'd still be dealing with this? I I went back and listened to a sermon I did the Sunday before we shut down. Hmm. And I, I listened to part of it, but I said something in there about this may last, you know, like a lot longer than we think. And of course, at that point, I'm probably thinking, I was thinking three, four, six five months, months yeah. six months, you know, something like that. Uh, my, I had a brother-in-law who's uh, in, in the um, up, uh, in, up in the upper upper echelon in the army uh, and, and involved in these kinds of things. And, and I remember him telling us in March, hey, listen, it's going to be maybe August before we... And I was like, well, he didn't August. tell us what year. Yeah, you know? right. So, exactly. You know, uh, you know, that kind of thing. But just to remember that, you know, God was not caught off guard. God has ordained that you, that, I, that you and I, that we minister to our church in these days. God has his purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if we're going to redeem the time and that the an accurate translation of that text in in ephesians is it's buying up the opportunity it's the season of life we're in yeah to as much as we can not not just want this over but to embrace where we are in it and to see god is in this for our good and 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 for the church's good yeah so in the midst of, of recognizing those losses understand god has good purposes for his church and all of this that's good. I, I think a final word I would say, bring this full circle to what, how we started this conversation. I mentioned Second Corinthians four, just but the, in, the the exhortation Paul has there is do not lose heart. We do not lose heart, although we have this you know this treasure in earthen vessels and and all the, the our bodies are wasting away. And I mean that's just the reality of doing this ministry in a fallen world, regardless of what season it's in. But the exhortation is the same: uh, do not lose heart. That God is at work. And as you said, he's not surprised by these things. So let let me take a minute and just and pray for the pastors listening that they would be able to press on through this. Lord, we're grateful for the way you've cared for us these last few years, especially we ask you would bless the pastors who are listening to this, who are tempted to lose heart, that you would remind them that you are not surprised or caught off guard by all we have faced, that you would give them the strength, the grace, the resolve to press forward. Lord, would you meet them and comfort them in their grief, as their grief may very well be setting in now, two years into this. And we pray, Lord, you'd meet them in that. And ask, Lord, that you would use it to strengthen them and to help them to persevere and carry on and to finish the work you've called them to, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.